good uh, good song selection on that. You know, we we sang about uh, storms and Jesus reaching in and, and saving us. Uh, our hearts that are that are prone to wander. All all, the, all these things really uh, support uh, what we're going to talk about this this morning, which is. Uh, Storms, uh, pain and, and suffering and, and storms, you know, something that probably nobody in here has any experience with. In fact, uh, Dorothy last, last week wasn't here. She was giving a devotion, though, last Sunday, I think it was Sunday, right, at a, at a family gathering, and she, she gave her devotion from this, this very passage that we're going to be talking about, and she told me that... Uh, she felt like, well, maybe maybe this won't really apply to anybody, but uh, I, I think you said that every everybody had their own storm that they uh, that they shared, and so uh, yeah, I think I think this this is something we we need to we need to hear from God's word this morning. Uh, one morning is is about twenty years ago. I was I was getting ready for work. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty normal morning. Chris had, had left for work, and I, I was uh, sitting on my bed. I, I think this is the way it happened, I think. I was sitting on the edge of my bed lacing my boots, and um, I really don't remember all the details, but it, I remember feeling like a big jolt of electricity in my, in my left arm. And... Uh, Thankfully, our oldest daughter Alicia was was in the the kitchen, which was right next to our bedroom, and she came in and saw me having a, a, a grand mal seizure. This is something that never happened to me before. I was in, in very good shape at the time. It was just kind of a, a very strange thing, but it happened. And Alicia called nine one one. The uh, the EMTs came, put me in there. Uh, Ambulance and took me to the hospital. This was in a small town, bigger than Chihuahua, but Prescott, Arizona, which had a small hospital. They took me to the hospital, and I had another one. And they they weren't really sure what to do, so they they put me in a helicopter and flew me down to Phoenix to a Barrows Neurological Clinic, big hospital. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much time had had lapsed. It was just kind of. For me, it was just kind of a, a like a, a dream that I was in. It was just kind of kind of strange. But you know, later once I was uh, more cognizant, these these nurses told me what what had happened. I had a, a blood clot in my in my brain, in a, a vein in my brain, and so the 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 blood couldn't escape, couldn't get back to my heart, and so pressure was building up. I, I had a brain bleed, and that was causing the seizures and. Uh, this one nurse said, "You know, you are so lucky. You almost died. You know, if, if things hadn't gone just the way they did, you'd be dead. You're so lucky," she said. "I think I think it's something different from luck." Anyway, uh, I, I know now that I have a uh, a blood disorder which I inherited from my father. You know, my blood clots too easily. Uh, and uh, after this happened, I. I had some massive headaches for like a couple of years. It took a couple of years to, to fully recover from this thing. And I remember at the time, you know, during the recovery, sometimes I would just ask, you know, why me? Why, why is this happening to me? Why, why do I have to go through this? 
you know, and I, I, think, I think probably everybody in here can probably relate to that in one way or another. You know, every one of us has experienced uh, pain and suffering. We've all suffered uh, physically from one degree or, or another. Some, some of us are, they, are, we lose our memory like Tom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've all, we've all suffered. We've all experienced uh, pain and suffering in, in other ways, too, in, in relationships. We've all been hurt by other people. We've all been hurt because of things that we ourselves have done, and it's come back on us. And we've all, I'm sure, wondered, why is this happening to me? Why, why do I have to go through this? Or maybe, why, why is this happening to someone I love? And, uh, you know, we're, we're constantly reminded when we, when we look around us, when we, when we watch the news, how much suffering and pain is, is in this world. And so, you know, how, how are we to deal with this? This is, this is a problem, you know. Where, where is God in, in all this suffering? Well, there's a, a researcher, uh, George Bonna, ba- Barna, George Barna, who... He does a lot of surveys and research. That's, that's his thing. He did this study several years ago where uh, people were asked, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? If you could ask God one question, what would it be? And the number one response was, why does God allow pain and suffering? That's a good question. And today's text sets the the stage for this, for this discussion. Mark 4, 35 through 41. So if you turn with me in your Bibles to Mark 4, 35 through 41. On that day when the evening had come, he said to them, Jesus is speaking to his, his disciples, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said teacher do you not care that we are perishing and he woke up and and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea peace be still have you still no faith and they were with him, or excuse me, they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, just the, the realization that uh, these, these people we're reading about are, are real people with fears and, and with doubts. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you reveal yourself in, in your word. So as we open up your word, Lord, I pray that you would uh, fill our, our hearts. Lord, let your word uh, dwell in us richly. In Jesus' name. So here we've got Jesus telling to the, the disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. Let's go to the other side of the lake. And then when they're crossing there's this storm do you think that Jesus knew there was going to be this storm when he told him let's go to the other side of the lake 
maybe maybe keep that in mind. You know, he he knows what's going on. In fact, he's he's leading them into this situation. There must be a there must be a reason for it. You know, many of these guys are uh, professional fishermen. They'd been out on on this lake many many times, hundreds of times. And I think this storm was was a pretty spectacular, pretty pretty unique storm. These guys were fearing for their lives. The boat was filling up with water. There were there were waves that were were overtaking this. This storm was bad. It was bad, bad. And Jesus, you know, he was he was below the deck sleeping. What? Why would Jesus allow this? And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Why does God allow us to go through the storms of of pain and suffering? And and this is a good question. This is a this is a question that deserves an answer. It deserves a lot of uh, discussion and and wrestling. People have been struggling with this this question probably from the beginning, ever since Adam and Eve, uh, our first ancestors, rebelled against God and brought upon themselves pain and suffering and, and death. And we see many, many places in the scripture where where people are, are struggling with, with this very question. You know, it's, it's a tough one. It's a natural question. It's, it's a complex problem. And that's because there, there's so many different kinds of suffering. There's so many different reasons for, for suffering, so many different causes. And let me, let me just say up front, I am not going to, in the next half hour, solve this problem of pain and suffering. We're not going to minimize pain and, and suffering by, by offering platitudes. You know, it's, it's just too easy to say, well, you know, just, just pray more. Try harder, do better, increase your faith. You're, you're suffering because of your lack of faith. You know, some of these things may be true, but uh, there's a good chance they're, they're not. And what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to look at the question itself, looking at different types of, of suffering, you know, look at why we suffer. And we're going to uh, look at how we should respond. So first, uh, types of suffering. You know, what... What makes this difficult is there are many types of suffering. You know, the first is uh, pain and suffering that results from consequences of our own actions. You know, sometimes we just bring pain upon ourselves. You know, we do something that's unsafe or something that is unwise, and we suffer the consequences. You know, we might bring disaster upon ourselves if we engage in a dangerous lifestyle. You know, this is, this is self-imposed suffering. And, uh, you know, what are some examples? You, know, you might, you might uh, bring suffering and pain into your life by excessive drinking or, or smoking or you name it, eating the wrong kind of food. You, you trip into a manhole because you're texting while you're walking down the street. You know, you see a video of that happening to somebody and you, you, you just say to yourself, well, they brought that up on themselves. You know, you've heard the, the expression, well, you, you made your bed, you're going to have sleep in it. You get the picture, you know, is, is God obligated to save us from the consequences of our own actions? You know, sometimes he does. 
But I think uh, most, most people would probably say, you know, in, in a way, this, we've got to say that this kind of suffering is fair. You know, you did it. You brought it upon yourself. I did it. I brought it upon myself. I don't think this is a, a form of suffering that many people struggle with too much. Another type of, of suffering is uh, the consequences of somebody else's actions. You know, this, this is when we, we go into an area of, of unfairness. You know, it's harder to deal with because uh, usually and, and often we, we don't deserve to suffer because of someone else. You know, an abused wife, uh, a kidnapped child, uh, you know, the, someone who is, is paralyzed because they were hit by a drunk driver, uh, think of the people we Chris and I just saw a movie a while back about the uh, the Boston Marathon where a couple guys detonated a couple bombs and you know think of the people who are still to this day suffering because of of those actions you know this type of of suffering is unfair it's it's the result of living in a fallen world living around people who are are sinful as as we are one who's you know world that, that's inhabited by People who have turned from God. You know, by the way, why did Jesus suffer? Did he bring that on himself? No, it's because of sinful people. It's because of you and me. We are sinful people. You know, another one is uh, natural forces. Sometimes we suffer because we just get caught up in... uh, natural events that affect everyone. You know, the Bible says that God sends the rain on the just and the unjust. He sends the storms on the just and, and the unjust, you know, so people who die and suffer in, in earthquakes or tsunamis, things like that. You know, this, we're, we're, we're starting to get into the realm of uh, things that you, you look at and you go, that that just... It does seem unfair, you know. It's difficult to to reconcile. You know, what's what's difficult is when suffering does seem unfair and and unjust. You know, we, we all suffer. The Bible tells us we will all suffer and and we shouldn't be surprised, but we I think we still are, aren't we, when it happens. We see lots of examples in the Bible. Uh, You know, what about Job? We're all familiar with that story, right? You know, what what happened to him? He he suffers in many ways. He he loses his children. He loses his health. He loses his his house and his his livelihood. And uh, we're we're told very clearly that it wasn't as a result of his own sin. And in this long book of Job you know, wrestles with, with this idea. That's, that's what happens in this book. And his friends are saying, well, Job, you, you must have done something sinful. You must be unrighteous or this wouldn't be happening. You know, this is the judgment of God. Um, you know, and, and sometimes our suffering is a consequence brought on by God's justice, his judgment. But, you know, it wasn't so in Job's case. Uh, in, in John chapter 9, the first few verses, 
Jesus' disciples questioned Jesus about this this guy, this, this, this man, they see he's blind, and he, he was born blind. He's been blind all his life, and they asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this guy or his parents, that he was born blind? Do you remember what Jesus said? Neither one. He says uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't that the man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might, might be displayed in him. You know, we like to think that if, if we behave well, if we... You know, if we keep our, our heads straight and do things right and do nothing wrong, well, that's impossible for us. But we think if, if we behave very well, you know, we, we'll be immune to, to bad things, and it just doesn't always work that way. You know, death knocks at every door. And, uh, you know, unless Jesus comes soon, every one of us will die and we'll suffer before we die. Uh, many of us will, will suffer disabilities. In fact, uh, one of the professors at a uh, seminary in, in a class on death and uh, the theology of death and suffering, he said there, there are two types of people in this world. There are the disabled and there are the temporarily enabled. You know, so we're, we're, we're all heading in the same direction. We're all on, on the same road, so to speak. And, and again, you know, Jesus, of all people, he suffered unjustly. He was beaten, mocked, ridiculed, and murdered. He was betrayed by his, his own disciples. And he was, he was executed by a, by a corrupt government. And so, um, you know, this, this, this really needs to lead us to ask the, the main question here. What is the root of this? What is the root issue? What is the source of suffering? Um, so, you know, we, we have a pretty, I think, a realistic picture here, a grim picture. Why is there suffering and pain? Why does God allow people to go through storms? No, it's because of sin. We live in a fallen, broken Sin, sick world. You know, uh, God did not create Adam and Eve as evil people, as sinful people. You know, He created them to be innocent and healthy, uh, never to die. Yet from the beginning, He He gave them the ability to to choose, to choose right or wrong. And you know, think about it. He gave them one thing. One thing they were not to do. And what did they do? That one thing, yeah. They rebelled. And just as promised, it brought to them death. There's a, there's a website that, uh, that answers these seven questions from the, uh, the George Barna survey. Uh, the, the website is called exploregod.com or exploregod.org. You can look it up. You can Google it. It's kind of interesting. But uh, there's this, this video on, on this one topic here, which I like what the guy says. He says that uh, the things that we see now are related to that very beginning unraveling. It's like a sweater. The very first people, they, they tugged at the thread. 
It didn't just unravel their connection to God who created everything. It actually began to unravel the very fabric of the world that he created. And so natural disasters, hurricane, terminal illnesses, these were things that were never intended. But when that thread was pulled and everything else began to unravel, these things began to unravel in the world as well. So why suffering? Some things we need to consider is that, uh, first of all, pain can be a good thing. None of it's, it's, it's never a pleasant thing, but, you know, it can act as a warning system. You know, you, you hurt, the alarm bell is ringing, you know, uh, what would happen if we didn't experience this sort of physical pain? I remember um, when we were kids, one time mom took us kids to the dentist, four boys. It must have been an all-day trip. But uh, my little brother, uh, Rick, got a couple teeth filled. And you know how you go to the dentist, and they're going to work on your teeth. They, they inject you full of Novocaine so that you, know, you, you get numb and you drool and all that. And on the way home, he goes, hey, this is really cool. Look, I can bite my lip. It doesn't even hurt. In fact, in fact, he, he was like maybe five years old or something like that. He goes, in fact, I can bite it really hard. Look, it doesn't even hurt. And, you know, he, draw, he, he, he bit all the way through his, his bottom lip. And, um, you know, if, if, he, if, he had, if, that, if that feedback mechanism, the alarm bell of pain didn't go off, he's going to do that. But if it did, he, he wouldn't have done that. Uh, you know, how, how many of us have, have hurt our backs? And, you know, when you're healing from, from a hurt back, you're very aware of how you should lift. Use your legs, not your back. Maybe there's something I shouldn't be lifting right now. And I know that because of the pain I'm experiencing. If I didn't have that pain, I would just keep going on and doing things that are going to further injure my back. Um. You get the picture. Could it be that emotional pain works the same way? You know, maybe uh, maybe there's pain in a, a relationship that you have that's there to give you a warning. You know, maybe maybe that pain is there because you need to quit doing things that are unkind or things that are causing the relational pain. You know, show some love. Quit being a jerk so that the relationship can heal. You know, it's the same principle. What are the types of suffering? The first one is, is corrective suffering. You know, God will sometimes use hardship or suffering to get the attention of his wayward children. Corrective suffering. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasures speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to, raise, or to rouse a deaf world. Pain is a megaphone for God to rouse his deaf world. So corrective pain is God's discipline. Administered in, in love, uh, and, and we need to heed it. You know, as, as parents, we... Those of us who are parents and and have been parents know that there are many times when our children need to be disciplined in love. 
you how much more does our Heavenly Father need to discipline us? Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 say this. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him who he loves. As a father, as a father, the son in whom he delights. You know, so God disciplines us in love, and there may be some pain involved. That's corrective suffering. The Bible tells us sometimes God will allow suffering and, and pain to, uh, to strengthen us. This is constructive suffering, constructive suffering. Um, yeah, how many can remember our, our coaches saying, you know, no pain, no gain? You know, when we're, when we're doing something that is building up muscle, those muscles get sore. James 1, 2, and 3. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfasting, steadfastness, not steadfasting, steadfastness. Paul in, in 2 Corinthians, he, he talks about an affliction that he had, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. He doesn't tell us what it was. He calls it a thorn in the flesh. Um, we don't know what it was. Some people think maybe it was something with his eyes. He mentioned something about eye problems elsewhere. But we know Paul was miserable because of it. He says, um, three, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient to you, for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so rather than being angry or bit, bitter, how did Paul respond? He said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest in me. Wow, what a, what a different perspective, huh? You know, Paul, Paul understood the, the power of constructive suffering in his life. He knew that God was using it to, to further mature him and mold him into the image of Christ. And he saw God's grace in, in this. You know, when I, when I had the, those seizures 20 years ago, you know, I, at, at the time I didn't see any point in it, you know, but looking back I can see that God really used that situation to change me. It, it changed my life. It changed the direction of my life. I, I realized and I appreciated every morning when I woke up and realized that every day is a, a gift from God. Um, you know, he, he used it to, to bring healing in, in my family, in my marriage. Uh, and I would never want to go through that again, but I can see how God used my pain for, for his good, for my good as well. So, it's another kind of suffering. It's, it's for spiritual development, you know, through experience. God, God did change my perspective on life. He brought me closer to him. God wants us to have his perspective. He wants us to have an eternal perspective. And when we do, we know that what's happening now is, is temporary. You know, he's, he's in control. He has a plan. The suffering's not going to last forever. We have eschatological hope. You know, what, 
even if I suffer for 85 years with, with some affliction, what is that compared to trillions of years in eternity in a glorified body being with Christ? We need to have an eternal perspective. Um, you know, we're not, we're not promised an easy life, a pain-free life. Uh, suffering and pain are inevitable on earth, and we're the inhabitants of, of this earth. Um, there's, there's this one movie um, with, with a scene that I kind of sticks in my mind. Um, I don't know if I'd recommend this movie, but uh, there's this scene where Jack Nicholson is, is uh, playing a character named Melvin who goes to, the, to a psychologist uh, for an emergency session, demands to be seen, and uh, he barges in, and you, know, you can't do that, so he's, he's turned away. And as he's leaving, he walks through the waiting room where, there's, where there are these people sitting waiting to see the psychologist, and they're, you know, they're kind of nervous looking and everything. And uh, he stops and he asks them, what if this is as good as it gets? What if this is as good as it gets? And, and that's a profound question, really. You know, in Psalm 13, uh, which David wrote, we see him, we see King David in, in despair, the depths of despair. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Lift up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Let my foes rejoice because I am shaken. So can you... Can you hear the pain? Can you hear the suffering, the despair that David's experiencing? He, he feels like God's a million miles away. He feels like he's to the point of, of just dying because of the suffering he's, he's going through. And I think we can all read this psalm and say, yeah, I've felt like that before. I think we can all relate to it one way or another, but... Uh, you know what happens? <coughs> what happens in a couple of verses in verse 5 and 6, and I, this is what I love about this psalm. He says, but, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. That's the eternal perspective. That's the perspective that says things may be hard, things may be painful, and they are. But you know what? I'm going to trust God. I'm going to I'm going to have joy in my life because I can look back and see the things He has done. He's been good to me. God's been very good to me, and I have no reason to think that that's going to stop. We have hope. You know, but without God, I think it probably is as good as it gets. Without his hope, without God in our lives, we're just going to have despair. But for those who are his own, those who have 
come to Jesus, who have believed in Jesus and are children of God, we know that God will be with us through our suffering. You know, we all will experience storms, but but Jesus will help us through the storm. He'll be with us. He promises us that. These storms can be overwhelming. Uh, look at look at what the disciples said during this during this storm. You know, when Jesus finally wakes up, they say, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Oh, and by the way, I just heard somebody earlier say say we are perishing, aren't we? Our 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 bodies are in the process of perishing. Lord, Lord, don't you care that uh, my memory isn't as good as it was? Lord, don't you care that this this pain is unbearable? Lord, don't you care about my suffering? Lord, don't you care that my marriage is falling apart or that my my wayward child is is uh, somewhere? I don't even know what they're doing. Don't you care, Lord, that I'm being treated unfairly at work? Don't you care, Lord, that I've lost my job? We can go on and on and on and, and feel sorry for ourselves and say, Lord, don't you care that I'm perishing? How does Jesus respond? He said, to the storm, to the sea, to these waves, peace, be still. What a great answer, huh? Jesus can calm our storms and, you know, even though that we feel like he might be below deck sleeping, we know that he's in our boat. He's with us. He'll never leave us, nor will he forsake us. He promises us that. And he can bring peace to us in the midst of a storm. Uh, Peace, God's peace. Paul talks about it in Colossians 3.15. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it rule. Despite the storm, despite the suffering, despite the pain, we have God, the God of peace, who's given us the indwelling spirit, the spirit of peace. So in, in the midst of pain and suffering, we don't have to conjure up our own peace. It's from him. The peace is ours in Christ. Uh, he, he may not calm the storm immediately, uh, but we can, we can be assured that he is the master of, of the sea, as, as the song says. He's the one who the wind and the waves will obey. He's he's the God of power over physical forces in nature. And he's also the God of power over any spiritual forces that can come against us. And, you know, if, if pain and suffering bring despair, what's the antidote? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the antidote to despair. So in chapter 8 of Romans, Paul gives us a perspective on suffering. He says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. You know, Paul was no stranger to suffering. He he gives a 
a list of, of the things that had happened to him. You know, he'd, he'd been whipped multiple times, beaten, left for dead, stoned in prison. He'd gone through, uh, he'd gone through many, many, many storms, both literal and, and figurative. But he knew that what awaited him was so great, there was no comparison. His sufferings paled by comparison to the glory and the hope that he had in Jesus. He goes on talking about even how creation is groaning as a result of the fall. For creation, this is Romans eight nineteen through 22, creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. God's going to make all things new. Jesus came to redeem us, to redeem the world. And our hope as Christians, is Christ. You know, though we live in a, a fallen, sinful world full of pain and suffering, he, he cares for us. He cares deeply for us because Jesus was resurrected. We know that we will be too. One day we'll be with him. He has conquered death once and for all. So as we wrap this up, uh, you know, we see that really the root cause of suffering is, is the reality that we live in a broken world, a fallen world, a world that is marred by sin, by our sin. But God uses suffering to, to help us grow, to mature. Sometimes it's for our correction. Sometimes it's for our warning. Sometimes, sometimes we just don't know why. Here's a storm, here's some suffering, and, and we have no idea. Maybe, maybe we won't on this side of eternity. But we have hope in Christ, the one who came to bring us eternal life. Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.2 says that in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. we have any groaners out there? I know I groan every morning when I get up out of bed. But here's the question. Do you, do you have hope in Christ? Do you, do you know him? Not, not know about him, but do you have a personal relationship with him? Is he with you? You know, he, he came to earth to, himself to suffer and die. Why? So that we can be forgiven, so that we can be the beneficiaries of, of God's love that was so great that, that God sent him, his, his only son, to, to suffer and die for us so that if we believe in him, we have that hope of eternal life. We have eternal life. You know, the Gospel of John in the first chapter talks about this. It said, uh, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become 
the children of God who are born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of, of God. And Jesus said, I, I came to seek and save that which was lost. He said, I, I came to give life and to give it more abundantly. You know, so pain and suffering is real. It's a reality. So is new life in, in Christ, though. And so, um, you know, I'd hate for anybody who does not know him to, to leave here this day without coming to him. You know, the Bible says today is the, the day of salvation. And so, uh, if you don't know Christ, uh, this would be a good day. Can I have the uh, worship team come up? And I'm, I'm going to stand up here and, you know, any, if, if you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, come on up. Let's talk about it. Let's pray. And if you have anything else you want to pray about or just want to come up and, and kneel down and pray, uh, come on up. This is, this is a big open invitation.